0: So, what is shaped like a small rectangular cereal box on its side, has four wheels, carries six passengers, can operate autonomously, is fully electric, and currently operating on the streets in Golden, Colorado. It is the Mines Rover. The what? Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. The Rover is not a dog. But what it is is a new electric driverless, yes, driverless shuttle bus taking passengers between the Colorado School of Mines and downtown Golden. Well, okay, a human is on board in case of a problem. However, it is the first transit technology of its kind in America. Operated by the Colorado Smart Cities Alliance, this minibus is the focus of the organization Autonomous Vehicles Colorado, AVCO a program developed to employ advanced technologies to improve public transportation. This innovative step into the transit future by AVCO is being led by Alliance Executive Director, Mr. Tyler Sweetock.
1: I will not take credit for this being completely our idea. The, the transportation sector has pretty significant issues with it, from safety to, to access um, to the emissions associated with it. And For many years now, the industry has been imagining a future that would be safer from automation, uh, cheaper to provide more access to more people, um, especially in first and last mile gaps, which automation can also provide, and the electrification of the transportation sector is happening very quickly. If we can combine all of those, this is the idea for this project, and to do it at a scale, where it's not just a pilot for two or three months, and there's enough uh, shuttles to actually serve a real population in need. That's what hadn't been done before, right? And so about two years ago, we, I sat down with, with Easy Mile, one of our, our members and who makes these shuttles, and said, how do we take what has been piloted and, and bring it to scale? And that's yeah. where the idea
0: started. As you, you mentioned, you probably had a, a number of challenges you had to overcome. The safety in the streets is probably the main one you had to not only uh, make sure the technology worked, but also convince others that it was viable, especially with all the other challenges we've heard from other um, like uh, Tesla and, uh, and their autopilot there. How did you meet that particular challenge?
1: We approach the safety challenge together, first of all. Easy Mile, thankfully, is the most experienced and has the safest safety record of any highly automated driving system in the world. So they've deployed in over 150 places throughout the world, including um, more than 60 places here in the U.S., but again, in very unique, small pilots. What we did here is we spent about 18 months trying to find the right environments and the right traffic safety conditions where this autonomous driving system we know can operate safely because it's done it before and done it in mixed traffic. And so that's why we picked these three cities and these three routes is because we know that that system can operate safely there at low speeds um, and in mixed
0: traffic. Is that one of the things you're going to have to uh, to do uh, researching going forward in uh, smaller communities as, as an example is make sure that you have the right routes so the technology will work just the way it is supposed to?
1: Exactly, and I think that is a huge lesson we want to teach the public and the industry about autonomous driving is that you know a lot of the stories that people hear about from Tesla. Uh, unfortunately, the, the bad stories is about people misusing that technology and, um, and being killed or injured. Uh, this is a completely different type of autonomous driving system. It's called highly automated yeah. level four, meaning there's no steering wheel. There's no way for the user to, to be in control of that shuttle, right? It is driving itself. Whereas those other systems create confusion for the driver as to when they should pay attention and when they shouldn't, this is a look at what it really means to be in a driverless vehicle.
0: You just said something else that caught my ear. The the wheels don't turn. There's no steering wheel. There's meaning, no steering wheel.
1: Okay. Right. So you know it doesn't look like a traditional car, like a Tesla yeah, or a yeah, Ford.
0: Yeah but uh you have a um an ambassador i think you you're, you're calling him a, a service ambassador in case something uh, something unforeseen occurs that they can take over there they don't have a steering wheel how did, how do they do that <laughs>
1: Good question. So on every shuttle, yes, there is what's called a customer service ambassador. Yeah. And these are are trained in Golden. These are trained minds students. Uh And they have what is essentially um, a remote control. It looks like like an iPad. And they can take over control of the shuttle if they need to. For example, if a, a car is double parked, that shuttle won't won't move if that car is double parked. Yeah, because it's on what's what's called digital rails, like a train. And so the user, the ambassador, will move around that car. It'll get back in autonomous mode and begin again.
0: Digital rails. So it has a a, a program inside of it with a map, and that it follows that like a uh, like a light rail would.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So for each of these shuttles, they have to uh-huh. drive along the route and map exactly to the centimeter what that route is going to be, and it programs it in itself. And and so it doesn't move within a centimeter. It drives on those digital rails all the time, unless, of course, it needs to drive off of them, and that's when the user, the ambassador, takes control. Driving off
0: of them, is that where they uh, maybe have to move over to pick up people? in the route? Or does it just stop at a pre-programmed place and the people come off the curb and climb on and off?
1: The shuttle routes themselves are programmed in. So the shuttle by itself will pull over at the bus stop and open its doors without any intervention from the ambassador.
0: Okay. You just launched this, what, what was it, last week or the week before?
1: We actually launched it on August um, August okay. 9th.
0: Have you had any, uh, I'm sure you've had some calls from some people saying, I just saw this shuttle bus and nobody's driving it. What's going on? There? <laughs> and you probably had a number of calls like, what is this and where does it go? How do I get on it? What? A, what's been the early reaction to it out there in Golden? We
1: get some of those calls. I think the School of Mines gets a lot of those calls, and the city gets a lot of those as well. And for the most part, we've seen enthusiastic response from the public, curiosity about what these are and and what they're doing, where they're going. Um, And as you if you go out there, you'll see people, you know, um, take a do a double take (laughs) whenever (laughs) these these shuttles go by. Um, But, you know, they're free to use. Anyone can hop on and off of them at any bus stop. And uh, and we want people to use it as a real transportation service, not Mm -hmm. as. You know, um, a gimmick or or something that they get on once to say they've done it. We really hope that it provides a meaningful transportation connection to to the city and across uh, campus.
0: Meaning, then it has hours that it, it it runs. It's not a twenty-four hour service, even though it may be uh, automated.
1: Yes, and we have had questions about that. the The shuttles are operating from seven thirty a.m. to four thirty p.m. Uh-huh. Monday through Friday which aligns with most students' schedules on campus. And, you know, we would love to expand that service later on, depending on how people want to use it. But for the first year, that is the initial plan uh, to operate during school hours.
0: So this, uh, this initial test bed, uh, you're going to run maybe, what, a year and then reevaluate again or evaluate as you go and make changes as you go?
1: So we have promised the service for uh, almost a year. So this will run through the end of July mm-hmm. of 2022. If you talk to the School of Mines, who is the operator of the Mines rover, they would tell you that they would love to figure out a way to continue the service past the first year. Um, but for now, that's that's what we we can promise.
0: I know one of the other challenges that you don't have right now, but you're going to see, is if uh, streets are going to come up with snowpack or ice on them, how the rover is going to respond and act in that type of a, a situation.
1: The, the shuttles, it's, it's, it's very interesting. So um, the shuttles can operate in, in snow and rain and in adverse weather. In fact, they've done a lot of testing in Minnesota with Minnesota DOT um, to, to prove their, their snow handling ability they actually handle pretty well in snow. But what what happens is if the snow does get too deep, then the shuttle um, doesn't recognize the environment it's in anymore, right? It has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's snowing or raining too hard, the sensors on the shuttle will, will recognize that, that snow or rain as an obstacle and and just stop in the road. And so, That's one of the things we're going to learn through this project is how often that interrupts service, um, but hopefully not too often.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if that's the case, if you have a sudden rainstorm and it's on the road, it's going to stop. But that's a good safety thing, though, too.
1: Exactly. And that's why the ambassador is there. If it does stop. Um, you know, you can manually drive it to somewhere safe to to avoid impeding
0: traffic. Okay, when you said drive there, I got to ask you the computer question for those who are really high tech. I think you said the, the service ambassador, if he has to take over, he uses an iPad to guide it where it has to go? It's not actually an iPad. I just it, – it's like a tablet. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, It's like a yep. tablet. Okay. So it's essentially a remote control for the shuttle, uh-huh. and it allows that ambassador to, to take manual control and drive it um, and steer it wherever they, they may need to take it at a slow speed.
0: Yeah, well, I'm sure the techies are going to say, hey, listen, I could get a tablet like this, and my future car is going <laughs> to be on a tablet. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> you know, how cool is that going to be? That is for sure. Uh, one of the things that has come up um, in RTD meetings that I've been in, especially when it comes to uh, seniors, that, that last mile. So perhaps this can be a neighborhood circular, perhaps, where people are only going to be going to businesses or stops that are really close to them, make it. These vehicles and neighborhoods like that, they can be instrumental in getting them there. Oh,
1: absolutely. I think technology and of this service model that you know, right now, providing service in a neighborhood or um, in a small area is is sometimes cost prohibitive. Yeah. Right. RTD's flex ride service is a great service, but it's very expensive to to operate um, because you don't have that many people and you you still have an expensive vehicle and a driver um, to to operate. What what we're demonstrating here is that if we can actually remove the driver eventually. The cars are all electric, and they're small. Yeah. Then we can actually provide a, a a profit. Well, maybe not profitable, but a cheaper micro transit service, and provide more transportation to more people more cheaply.
0: That's the beauty of a test bed: is that you you get to uh, test this stuff, learn, and see what happens, and and refine whatever the going forward model is going to be. And speaking of which, since you are basically moving some students in Colorado School of Mines to downtown Golden and back and there. What's the direction down in Greenwood Village? There no schools down there. Is it just going to be trying to get people to office buildings or what?
1: Exactly. We, we know that transit systems face a, a major barrier in getting additional riders because oftentimes the final destination is a mile or more away from the nearest stop. And so, in this case, in Greenwood Village, we have a very dense population of of employers, and we have a light rail, you know, uh, line that goes directly through the te- Denver Tech Center. Right. And and people complain, employees complain that they don't use light rail because they don't want to have to walk that mile to mile and a half to their office. So, these shuttles will connect um, Orchard and ideally Arapahoe, but Um, Right now, we're starting with Orchard Light Rail Station to the large um, employer campuses and with the landmark plaza that's, you know, right now an inconvenient distance to
0: walk. On this edition, we're taking a trip, so to speak, into the future of autonomous public transit that can fill a range of mobility gaps across the state. Our ride ambassador is the executive director of the Colorado Smart Cities Alliance, Mr. Tyler Swedock. We'll continue this ride with them into our transit future that's happening now on our next edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Mask up and keep your distance when going out. Grab that vaccine for health and more freedom. And we do appreciate you sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.